critical and that is very key. Something that is very critical and something that is very key. I always tell you my primary assignment, that my primary assignment is uh, based on Matthew 13 verse 11, where the disciples of Jesus Christ, they came unto Jesus and they said unto Jesus, why is it these people that were teaching could not understand your teaching? And Jesus Christ said unto his disciples, because it is given unto you to understand the mysteries and secrets of the kingdom, but unto them it's not given. So my primary assignment is to make sure that I decipher, demystify, and disseminate the mysteries and the secrets of God unto you. That will become a reality. So that after we do a change sense, you can capture the reality of the mysteries and they become practical in your life. It's not enough for us to know God as the God of the Bible, but we need to have the practicality or the pragmatic part of God to understand God not only in word but in action, to understand faith not only in believing but in action, because faith can only be possible if you have got faith, but you acquiesce your faith in action. So my conviction of faith must be matched or married with action. If I believe in success, I must act in success. I must not only remain uh, in the realm of believing. If I believe in growth and increase, I must acquiesce and attach my faith to action. If I believe that 2022 I should be driving a powerful mobile car, I should acquiesce my belief or my faith in action. So that's my primary assignment, to make sure that whatever is captured in the realm of the Spirit is, 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 is released in our cosmos, in our dimension. They will experience. Christianity can only be interesting if you can experience what you read. If the Bible says you are not eternal and you are ahead, they will experience that dimension. Gospel, it becomes very interesting. If the Bible says you are not poor and you are rich, then you start to become rich. According to gospel and according to God's provisions, the Christianity it becomes so enjoyable. Uh, we together in a degree survey. And the Bible says that you are free and totally emancipated. Then when you sleep, you sleep like a baby and you wake up, wake up like a lion, protecting your territory. You enjoy Christianity. But when the Bible says you are free, then when you sleep, you start to dream some funny animals chasing you. I pray and I declare after this service that if you have been dreaming animals chasing you, as you are going to dream, you will dream yourself chasing those animals. Amen. If you have been dreaming people driving, it will no longer be people, but it will be you. So we are bringing mysteries of the kingdom of God unto you. So uh, my scripture that I'm going to be dealing with is based on Genesis chapter 21, subsection 1, where the Bible says, can we read together? Are you seeing this? On three, one, two, three. The Lord came to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. So the title of my message is Three Things Reviewed by Scriptures. Every time when you open the Bible and when the scriptures are released to you and are preached to you, there are three things that you are looking for. Apart from prosperity, apart from increase, but there are three things that we are all looking for. I want to appreciate Sister Cynthia here that my God bless you, amen. Feel free. 
I hope that God is going to take you together with us in the journey of the spiritual and the kingdom. Three things that are revealed by scriptures. Whenever I open up scriptures, there are things that are revealed by scriptures. And the three things that are revealed by scripture, uh, number one, are promises. Come on, somebody shout promises. Whenever we open the Bible, and we start to read the Bible, we are not just reading for entertainment. It's not a new and a boom. It's not a people's magazine, but the things that you are looking for, and those things, they, they become the medium that leads blessings unto us. So number one are promises. Number two are principles. Come on, somebody shout principles. I don't hear you. And number three are prophecies. Come on, somebody shout prophecies. So I'm going to explain now, starting with promises. We are getting it from the book of Genesis, chapter 21, subsection 1. We know that the book of Genesis, it means origin, it means uh, uh, inception of things, it means the history of the thing, it means a starting or the beginning of an event. That's Genesis. It was written by Moses. We know that Moses wrote about five books that are known. In, in Greek, a Torah, in Hebrew, the unknown expenditure. And Genesis was the first book that Moses wrote. And when Moses wrote this book of Genesis, he was not in Genesis. He was not yet born, but it took revelation and it took the power and the experience, the strength of the Spirit for him to capture things that happened before he was there. Nobody gave him history. He did not have encyclopedias to read the history, to write this history, but he took the revelation of God's spirit for him to write Genesis, to write uh, Exodus, to write Numbers, because we know that uh, Moses was born in Genesis, which means before this, Moses was never there, but he took the power of the Holy Spirit. Then the Bible now is taking us to where God had visited Abraham after he had lived in a, a place called Mesopotamia of the Chaldeans in Ur. And the Mesopotamia right now in our in our contemporary or modern days is now found in Iraq, in Arabia. That's where Abraham was living. Then after that now, God moved with Abraham through promises. Then the Bible says, then the Lord came to Sarah as he had said. So God had said to Sarah, I'm going to come to you. And the Lord did for Sarah what he had promises. Then other translation, they said, then the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. I once told you that God moves in two dimensions when he's coming to a person. The first move of God is that when he's coming to me for the first time, he does not visit me, he appears. He appears through the scripture, he appears through the dream, he appears through visions. Then the second move of God is that he visits you. God does not visit you before he appears. So God had appeared to Abraham and said, Abraham, go to a place which I'm going to show you. Then Abraham hid and obeyed God and he went to the place where God had told him. He moved him from Mesopotamia. He went to Harani. From Harani, he went to the Ox of Moray. From the Ox of Moray, he then went to Memre. In Memre, that's where he pitched his tent. And the first altar that Abraham established was between Bethel and I. I'm just giving you the backdrop of this story. Then now God appeared to Sarah and said unto Sarah, I know that you've passed menopause, you've passed the level of giving birth, but I'm going to give favor unto you 
these are the previous scriptures. Then after that, Sarah believed. After believing now, God visited Sarah. So when God is appearing to somebody, he appears to give a promise. Come on, somebody shout promise. God does not appear to establish something, he just appears to give a promise. So when he appeared, he appeared and he gave a promise to Sarah. But when God is visiting now, he visits so that he may establish that promise that is given unto you. So which means God can appear to me tonight and say, Brian, I'm going to lift you up. You are going, we are going to be the next biggest thing in your civilization. Then after that, he comes back maybe in 2023, the same time, to now establish that which he had given. That's why there's a problem with a lot of people that I dreamt myself being a great man. I dreamt myself rising up, owning companies. I dreamt myself in a different country, but I'm still in South Africa, I'm still in Pretoria, I'm still in Ukraine, in Sunnyside. What's happening with me? That's an appearance, a dimension. When God now comes to visit you now, he visits to take you out from that particular place and establish you to where he has promised uh, you. So it's not every time that when God visits you through prophecy, then after you give a prophecy that you are a mighty man, a mighty man, it's going to happen that instantaneously. Sometimes it can take two years, sometimes it can take five years. But when God decides to visit you, know that there's an establishment. So now God visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did now that establishment for Sarah what he had promised. So initially, he just gave a promise, but now he's coming not only to just see Sarah, but he established what he had promised. So when now we are reading scriptures or the Bible, we are not just reading the Bible to preach. But we read the Bible so that we may start to get promises that God has given unto us through our dreams, through our visions. Am I talking to somebody in this place? Amen. I said, am I talking to somebody in this place? Amen. So promises, they become, what are promises? Promises, they become the boundaries of God's commitment to a believer as far as your earth is concerned. I am working in this earth, in this cosmos, or in my ecosystem, so when now God promises me, my promises are not just words, but they become boundaries. They become the borders of God's commitment as far as my earth's work is concerned, which means I will not experience God outside God's promises. I'm not going again to experience terror outside God's promises. Whatever God promises is the provisions that he gives unto me and he makes them the boundaries of his action. So, in as much as I convert a better life and a bigger life, a transformed life, God is going to bless me within the premises of the promises that he has given unto me. Come on, somebody shout promises. Promises. God is almighty, but the system of administering his love and power is with the respect with the promises or to the promises that scriptures is allowed. He is able to do abundantly above what you can think or ask for. But in as much as he's able to do that, his might God, he's an awesome, he's a magnanimous, he's an enormous God, he's a dangerous God. But when he's administering now, whatever is to administer into your life, 
He administered within the three machines of his promises over your life. So he will never make you a Jacob if you are an Abraham. He will never make you a Moses if you are an Aaron. So Aaron has to work within the premise of his promises. And Moses has to work within the premises of his promises. Are, are, are we together? Come on, somebody shout, Amen. Amen. So God cannot or does not bless a person outside the allowance that scripture gives. So when God is going to bless me, he blesses me within the premises or within the allowances of scripture. You never do anything that is outside the scripture because he has made the scripture to be the uh, yardstick of his blessings over a person's life. It becomes a marking scheme when it comes to scripture. When it's coming to me, if the scripture say I must be having two cars, I will have two cars based on the scripture. So when God is releasing grace and favor, you release grace and favor that is within that dimension of two cars. Am I talking to somebody in this place? If you saying that I'm gonna I'll give you properties, I will have properties. If the properties are supposed to be here in Pretoria and in Sentin, I'll only have properties in Pretoria and Sentin. If he says I will add more with another property in Constantia, Cape Town, I will have three properties within the premises of scriptures. Come on, somebody shout promises. I said shout promises. So God can do all things. He can do many things in a person's life. This is a delivery to somebody. He can do a lot of things, but the operation of Jesus Christ now uh, is revealed within the scripture. God can do many things and all things, but the operations that God gives through Jesus Christ, they are reviewed through scripture. Come on, somebody shout, shout scripture. scripture. I, I don't hear you. Scripture. So, which simply means that if you want to know how God can go over your life, how God can go over your family, you must find what he has said in his scripture, don't find what people are saying about you. That's why I always say, you are not what people say that you are, but you are what the word of God says that you are. People may say that you are broke, your family is cursed, you are not going to make it. But you must believe what scriptures say. People may say that you will not come out from that cocoon, you will not come out from that tension. But if scriptures say that you are a Joseph, you pass through that uh, 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 pit, from the pit you pass through the prison, but one day you see yourself being a governor within scriptures. Your brothers can hate you, Joseph, but if scriptures say that you are a governor, you become a governor. Come on, somebody shout amen. amen. I don't hear you shout amen. amen. So God is only committed to do what he can do in my life through scriptures. He can only commit to what he wants through scripture, not what I want. He can only do what I want if what I want is consistent with scripture. I can come to the house of God today and I say, God, I need a transformation today. I want you to take me from South Africa to Europe. I want to go to Brazil. I want to go to Colombia. I want to go to Haiti. If I'm, what I'm saying is consistent with the promises that has given me in my life, you can take me. So God is not compelled to do what I want. Come on, Sarah, shut up, amen. He's not compelled to do what I, I, I declare that I want. The Bible says we do not have a high priest which is not touched by our infinities. 
So God is touched by my infinities, which is my weaknesses, but is not moved by my, our weaknesses, which means I can cry to God, tears do not move God, they can touch God, but they don't move God. God is moved by his scriptures. I, I would get up. You may be a Hannah, you are crying to God and say, Benina is after my case. God is not going to move. Why? Because you are crying. But the moment you get a place of prayer, then you start to pray in line and consistent with the scripture, things will start to fall in line. And am I talking to somebody in this place? Yes. I said, am I talking to somebody in this place? So, it's not about my longevity in the church that makes for my maturity through the scriptures or through the promises of God, but it is the awareness that God is not a liar. It is an awareness that he's a God of integrity and a God of ability. He does not lie. The Bible says in the book of Numbers that he is not a man that he should lie, neither is he a son of man that he should repent of his word. If God say you are blessed, you are blessed. Yes. Regardless of what you are passing through, the blessing of God will continue to be with you. Yes. If God say that you are mighty, you are mighty. You may be born in a humble family, humble background, where you have got a lot of disadvantages. No one in your family has passed the form for. No one in your family has even gone out of Africa. No one in your family has driven a car. No one in your family has owned property. But if God say, I'm blessing you, one day you'll visit you. Then when he visits, expect an establishment. When he comes and knocks at your door, there will be a, a, a performance. I pray and I declare this afternoon that let there be a performance in your life. In whatever I do, in whatever you do, let God perform in all of your behalf. I don't care where you are coming from. I don't care what you are earning today. If God says you are blessed, you are blessed. Yes. Regardless of the aridness of the city, regardless of the dryness of the city, you put down a seed like Isaac, and you are going to have this habit for yes. Why? Because the blessing of God is a condition. Yes. The blessing of God is like HIV and AIDS. It's a condition yeah. that you must accept and you must live with. Yeah. When you accept it, you start now to gain again. Can I prophesy like a feeling? Yes. I want you to prophesy over life and say, I carry the blessing of God. I, I don't hear you say, I carry the blessing of God. So, in the strength now of the immutability of God's counsel, we can now start to search scriptures looking for the promises. So, when you read Genesis to Malachi, what I'm looking for and what you're looking for are promises. They are promises that are indelibly written for you, there are promises that are in your secretly attached to your life. It's not every promise that is in the scripture that is your promise. There are people who are kings in the scripture. There are people who are leaders in the scripture. There are people who are mighty through the scripture. So when I read the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Joshua, 1st Samuel, 2nd Samuel, Chronicles, 2nd Chronicles, up to Malachi, what I'm looking for, these are promises that I'm looking for. When I go to the New Testament, when I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and I go to Acts, I go to the Apostles and the book of uh, Apostle Paul, that's Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, up down to Revelation, what I'm looking for are promises. I'm together. 
Don't miss the promise in the scripture. Know what God has spoken over my life. If the Bible says according to his promises that there is no witchcraft with Jacob, neither is there any divination with Israel. So which means no necromancer is going to, to, to attack you. People in our generation, they are busy invoking and provoking demonic and satanic spirits. Then after they invoke, they necromance against our lives. To necromance is to work in witchcraft. They are saying so and so must die. So and so must not make it. So when they do that, but when I take the promise that is in the scripture, which says, No weapon fashioned against my life that shall prosper, and every plan that is written against me, I shall condemn it. That scripture will start to effect over my life. Am I talking to somebody in this place? Amen. Why? Because these are my promises. Are we together? When you are looking for promises in the Bible, don't only look for materialistic promises. Where is the written that curse are yours? We have got a problem in this generation of prosperity, prosperity pandemic. That's prosperity. Where people are looking for prosperity in the scripture only. They are looking for where it's written uh, about your car, which is not bad, it's profitable. They are looking for their cars, they are looking for their Rolex watch that is worth 10,000 to 50,000 US dollar. They are looking for a, a Louis Vuitton in scripture. They are looking for Gucci in the scripture, which is not bad. But look for promises that are going to give you divine immunity that will exempt you from satanic and demonic invitations over your life. Am I talking to somebody in this place? There is a promise that I'm not going to die, but I shall live to declare the good year of the Lord. There is a promise that I am not poor, but I'm rich. It's a promise. Yes. There is a promise that I cannot be touched, touch not my anointed ones, yes. not do harm to my prophets. Yes. It's a promise. Come on, somebody shout, it's a promise. Yes. I don't hear you. Yes. I said I don't hear you. Yes. So when you have got a request from God, you must attach or signage your request to scripture. You must Synergy, every request that you have. I know you want, you want what you want to happen tomorrow, but you must synergy, connect your request to scripture. Any request that is scriptureless, any prayer, this is given to somebody that is scriptureless, that prayer, it will not give you results. The Holy Spirit is with many functions in our lives. The Bible says, start in Jerusalem until you are endued with the power of the Holy Spirit. Which means if I make a request without synergy, my request with scripture, the Holy Spirit will come. Why? Because he is a comforter. So you come in an office of an act a comforter. Then I'm crying, maybe I am broke, I am poor, I'm rejected. And I'm crying without a scripture to support my cry. The Holy Spirit will come and start to comfort me in that capacity. So which means I will continue to be in my poverty, but the Holy Spirit comforted me in my poverty. I will continue to be rejected, but the Holy Spirit will comfort me in my rejection. Am I talking to somebody in this place? Uh, I will continue to languish in that poverty state, in that uh, tribal state, while the Holy Spirit is comforting me and saying, my daughter, my son, don't know why this shall be fine one day. But if I pray and connect my request to scripture, the Holy Spirit will come in capacity of power. Then when I say, God, I'm in addiction, the Holy Spirit will come with power and it takes me out of power. According to scripture, when the Holy Spirit is provisioned to act in your life, it's a 
according to the promises that are enshrined in the scriptures. And I told somebody, and many see some thieves coming to attack me. I'm coming from work. It's around six, around seven, whatever time. And I know that I don't have power to run. And I say, oh God, protect me. The Holy Spirit will just comfort me while I'm running. But it will not stop the thieves to, to hit me and to kick me. They will steal from me. The Holy Spirit will comfort me. They will beat me. The Holy Spirit will comfort me. I can be taken to the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit will comfort me. But if I take a scripture while I'm running, and I say, no weapon formed against me, no weapon formed against my family, then I say, there is no battle against Jacob. I'm a son of Jacob. There is no attack to Israel. I'm a daughter of Zion. While I'm running, the Holy Spirit will come with power. When I comes with power, they will just feel like, ah, we are sick and tired of chasing this person. You see them going back. You wonder what has transpired. They were chasing after me, but they just, you know, they can just turn around and leave you. You go home, you cannot explain, but today I'm giving now proportion and I'm giving ex experience to your, to your promises. So when now you go home, now you know that when I was running away, I connected my struggle to scripture. That's why God came to my rescue. The reason why a lot of us, God is not rescuing us, is not because He hates us. We are failing to connect our request through scripture. If you come to prayer on Monday, any other day, then you start to just pray. A scripture is prayer. You are not going to get results. It's a deliverance for somebody this afternoon. You are not going to get answers. The Holy Spirit will continue to come and comfort you in your state, in your situation. Until and unless yeah. you say enough is enough. Yes. Israel cried in Egypt for 430 years. Yeah. Prophecies said 400 years. Yeah. They cried without the scripture and God comforted them there. Yeah. So they struggled in their, in their problem. They struggled in that march of Pharaoh until God raised a man by the name Moses. And he went with the scripture and he said, The God that I serve is said unto you, Pharaoh, let my people go according to the scripture. And Pharaoh, he tried to be obnoxious, to be constrained to the request. But because there was an attachment of scripture, he could not until they went out. Can I prophesy to somebody? What are you looking for? A lot of us, when we make requests, we make requests based on what is around us. Oh God, I want to get married. He asks you, the Holy Spirit, why do you want to get married? And why should I give you a marriage? You say, I'm blondy, I'm beautiful. You, you say, is it provided in the scripture? It's not provided in the scripture. Holy yeah. Spirit, I'm a man, I want a, a, a woman to settle with. Yeah. Why should I give you a woman man? You say, I've got a six pack, I've got a muscles. Is it provided in the scripture? You will not get a wife altogether. But if you go back to the scripture, you start to glean scripture. God will bless you. I will together. Yes. I want a car, oh God, and to use. Why should I give you a car? I'm sick and tired of going to church, walking. Is it provided in the scripture? But when you say, I want to advance your kingdom, based on the scripture, written in the book of Matthew chapter 2, verse 8. Yeah. The Bible says, in the days of John the Baptist, they have a violence. Yeah. But only the fire to take it by force. Oh God. 
give you my car. I want to take the violence of your kingdom by force. Yes. God is going to give you. Am I talking to somebody in this place? Yes. Oh God, I need money. Mm. I need it like yesterday. Yeah. And God was asking, why should I give you money? And you say that I need money because some people at church, they are wearing Louis Vuitton. They are wearing Gucci. You know, prophet changes suits like he's changing. No, 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 no. But oh God, I want that. And God says, this provided in the scripture. No, there's no provision. And you say, I'm not in a blessing. So you can put you in your uh, 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 state of blessing. If you are dressing for my aspect, he can comfort you in that my aspect. Yeah. We are super things, comfort you, yeah. not a child of God. Yeah. But if you go to the scripture and say, I am the real priesthood. Yeah. Oh God, your Bible says, I'm a chosen generation. Yes. Why should I wear, like, I want to go to the grave. But people that go to grave, they wear better than people that are alive. Yeah. I saw them being uh, dressed so quite good. Yeah. Why I, I don't want to wear like a crazy man who is being taken uh, to rehab. I want to wear good clothes and go to this provided in the scripture. So my provision should be in the scripture. Yes. Oh God, I am a daughter of Zion. Yes. The Bible says, those that are in Zion will never say they are lacking. Yeah. So why am I lacking of God? Yeah. And the Holy Spirit says, there is a provision. Yes. Then you bless according to that provision. Am I, am, am I talking to somebody in this place? Yeah. I said, am I talking to somebody in this place? Yes. So even God himself, he has chosen to submit himself under his scriptures. Yeah. He has subjected himself under the world. Yeah. So what governs God is his world. Yeah. He's not governed by our emotions, not governed by our feelings, He's not governed by what we think as nations, as families. He's governed by scriptures. Yeah. So if there's anything that is above God, it's his word. Yeah. He elevated it to be above him. Nothing is above God. Yes. The devil tried to be above God and God kicked him off heavens. Jesus is not even above God. They are working in a parent structure. Yeah. Their organogram, it makes them to be at the same level. Yeah. He's the son, the Holy Spirit, and baby, but he has just chosen his word here. Yeah. So which means when I make a request, he looks up and see, look for a provision. Is there any provision above me that speaks your request? If there's no provision, your request is not going to be guaranteed. Yeah. Am I talking to somebody? So if you understand this, what I'm saying to you, in this civilization, in this 21st century, it will give you knowledge now, and that knowledge, it will make you to produce results that are predictable, spiritual results that are predictable. Most of us, our spiritual results are not predictable. Today, I'm high. Tomorrow, I'm low. I don't know what to expect when I go to the house of God. Yeah. I don't know what to expect on Monday when I pray. Yeah. But with knowledge and understanding, I'll start to have results that are spiritually predictable. If I go to the house of God and I say I'm walking out with a blessing of 50k, I walk out with it. These are predictable results. If I go on a Monday and the boss is saying we want to fire you, and I go for prayer knowing, because I now have good understanding, that my request should be synergized to scripture and to promises. I can walk out from the prayer knowing that they are not going to fire me. Predictable results. Yes. I can be told by the doctor that there are cells of cancer developing in your body. Coming to the house of God, then I start to pray unto God that in Zion, no one will be sick. Yes. 
Yes. You come to the Mount Zion where there is an innumerable number of angels. Yes. I can't be sick if I'm Zion. Then I walk out with the predictable results. The reason why when we walk out we don't know what we have received is because we know we acknowledge. But if I could knowledge, I walk out with the predictable results. Then I go to the doctor and I say, check me again, doctor. I don't think I've got any cancerous cells. And the doctor will check you and say, you are clear. 110% clear. I don't know what happened. Uh, our machine is lying. I think we must change our machine. They will even change the entire machine. And you say, no, doctor, don't change the entire machine. Your report, it was fine, but I went to a better doctor. I asked him for advancement. I asked him for longevity. Your machines, they are good. Don't throw them. Don't trash them. Why? Because I can't predict the results. A lot of us, we are afraid. We don't know. Why? Because we don't have knowledge. Are we together? Yes. I said, are we together? Yes. So my assignment now is to walk in partnership with the whole, with the Holy Spirit. So when I walk in partnership with the Holy Spirit, what are we doing with the Holy Spirit? I'm looking for promises. You can never search for promises and find them alone. That are scattered through scripture. You need a partnership with the Holy Ghost. A lot of us now, we partner with our cognition, we partner with our nuance, with the prophecies. Proficient academically, that's why we are missing things. Partner with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. As the Holy Spirit, I'm looking for my promises. Those that were written for me, and the Holy Spirit will start now to say, this one, that one, and that one. So there are scriptures that when you open the Bible now, they will become uh, alive and real to you. Why? Because I'm partnering with the Holy Spirit. I want to agree and declare this afternoon. That as you look for your promises, partner with the Eros Paracletos, the Holy Spirit, the one who wants to is and wish to come. The Bible says, when he comes, he shall guide you. Guide me in what? In all truth. Where is the truth? The truth is hidden in promises. When you are talking of promises, these are truths that are hidden, but are scattered in the scripture. So the Holy Spirit's assignment is to help me to pick things that relate to me, not to my neighbor. Things that relate to my destiny, things that relate to my future. Imagine to somebody in this place. The reason why we are missing things is we are not partnering with the person of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody shout the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. I don't tell you, shout the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. So when you find a scripture that speaks to your life, declare on the strength of the Holy Spirit for its performance. Yes, I found a scripture now that is speaking. To my life, what should I do to that script? I must decree and declare on the strength of Holy Ghost, not on my strength. I must not sweat in the kingdom of God. It's not about how hard working you are, it's not how sweating you are, it's not the hours that you spend in prayer, but it's knowledge. When I get the scripture, I now declare it on the strength of the Holy Ghost. I don't declare it on my strength. I may be fasting and I may have fasted 40 days, 40 nights. But that's not the strength. I must bring the Holy Ghost. And on the strength of the Holy Spirit, I pray and I declare that things are shifting, things are turning, a paradigm shifting. Things are, are being, becoming good in my life. In the strength of the Holy Spirit, I am being elevated in the strength of the Holy Ghost. I am coming out from that oblivion in the strength of the Holy Ghost. I am being blessed, I am being elevated in the strength of the Holy Ghost. Demons are checking out in the strength of the Holy Ghost. 
I am becoming a shifted and a changed person in the strength of the Holy Ghost. I am not what people say that I am in the strength of the Holy Ghost. Things will start to change. And I'm declaring with somebody this person. In the strength of the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to die poor, but I am rich in the strength of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to see the face of the Lord in the land of the living, in the strength of the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to suffer the suffering of my forefathers in the strength of the Holy Ghost. Let God arise in the strength of the Holy Ghost. Things will start to happen in your life. Am I talking to somebody in this place? Yes. I said, am I talking to somebody in this place? Yes. If you pray outside the scripture, the Holy Spirit will come and just come for two, I told you. So we're going to move now to number two. Number two are principles. Come on, somebody share principles. The second thing that I'm looking for when I read the Bible, when I check and I start to peruse scripture, are principles. What are principles? Principles, these are the models operandi of the kingdom of God. The curriculum, how God works, how God operates, becomes principles. Christianity, it, it works and operates based on a kingdom system, and every kingdom has rules of engagement. So if you don't know rules of engagement in this kingdom, you are not going to become an achiever. You are not going to start to appreciate your, your, your place and your space in the kingdom of God. No rules of engagement. We are in a kingdom. If you come to Republic of South Africa and you want to meet the president of South Africa, you don't just walk in his office and say, Mr. President, I want to meet you. There are protocols. There are channels in which you must pass through. These are rules of engagement. If you go to a monarchy, I want to meet a king. There are rules of engagement. There are systems and protocols that I must follow. If I go, I want to meet a mayor in any federation, I must follow some protocols and system. So if I want to acquire my position in the Lord, I must know now the modus operandi of the system. If I don't know how the Holy Spirit works and how Jesus works, I'm going to miss what I'm supposed to be getting and I'm talking to somebody. I must know things that I must leave at the gate. And I must know things that I must take with when I'm about to meet the king. I'm reminded of Mordecai. The Bible says Mordecai used to sit on the gate. Then when he was sitting on the gate, he used to have ashes, he used to have sex. But when the king Ahasuerus called for Mordecai, Mordecai was told by the king's chief eunuch that Mordecai is about to go and see the king. You must leave your sex at the gate. You must leave things that are selling at the gate. Go at the bath, put a good apparel, put good perfume, then you present yourself to the king. These are protocols, rules of engagement. Can I a shout, amen. amen? So you must know the way God behaves. You must know the way God moves. You must know the way God speaks. You must know the way God teaches. You must know the way God whispers. You can pray and say, God, I need a listing on a Monday, on a Wednesday, on a Sunday. Oh, God, lift me up. If you don't know how God touches, God can touch you and say, my daughter, things are well for you. Why? Because you are not sensitive enough to the principles of the kingdom. You can continue and say, oh, God, Give me a blessing. And God looks at you and says, But I touched you and I said that I blessed you. So a lot of people, that's why the Bible says God was angry over Israel because it complained. How did they complain when they requested for what they want? God came to them and said, I have done for you from A to C. Just take the step and go to Canaan 
while they were walking, they went back up to God again and said, God, we need water and mouth. They went back to God and said, God, we need meat. And God said, but I, I touch these people, but they are still asking me for meat while I'm giving them. Even in our contemporary life, you come to me and you say, I need a thousand and I want to do something with it, I give you. Then after giving you, you say to me, I need a thousand. Let's come with thousand and say the one that I asked you about. I can become angry because I've given you. Go and feed yourself. Are we together? If you come to your work and you say to your boss, can I have a promotion? And God promotes you to an office. Then you leave that office and go to a boss and say, you boss, you don't regard my services here. I asked for a promotion, you never gave me a promotion. And boss say, but I gave you this office. You are not the operations manager say no, I need a promotion. Do you know the boss can fire you for that? So that's how God operates. Know how God speaks. When I pray, I must be sensitive. Before I speak another, if I hear a voice, I must stop and start to thank God and say, thank you. You must know how to shift the gears of your prayer. Why? Because you know how God works in the earth. I communicate to somebody. So when God speaks to you, you must feel and know that God has spoken and is answering me. It's not logistic in prayer. It's not how much. I was give uh, people a certain example that there was a certain guy who came to the house of God praying for money for marriage. And there was another guy who was praying for a breakthrough of two billion. So you are sitting down just saying, thank you God. Thank you for a breakthrough. Thank you, I believe you are going to do it. This man is relaxed. He's looking for two billion. Someone is looking for a uh, 1,000 U.S. He's Kalushta, Sumamba, Sumenda, Lakuda, Papahato. So the man ended up saying, my man, no, you are disturbing me. And the man said, how come? We are here to pray. And the man said, I heard God saying to me, he has given me money. So allow me to thank him. Thank you, God. How the men, you know, people who are broke, it's not brothers that are broke. They are so noisy. Shatata, Lubamba, 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 until this man said, my man, what is your prayer request? And he said, I want mine. I must marry. Next month, I want, I want to marry. And he said, how much are you looking to get? And he said, a thousand US. And then he just uh, took a thousand point five from his pocket and said, keep quiet, you're making noise. And the man took one thousand and said, thank you so much. Which means the prayer was not about God. It was about a breakthrough. Like I always tell you, that some of the prayers that we make are not spiritual prayers, they are financial prayers. The moment I give you what you want, you will not pray. But now, if you know how God moves, you thank Him and say, Oh God, I thank you. Come on, somebody shout principles. principles. I don't hear you. Shout principles. principles. Okay, what are principles? Principles are what we call the secrets of the kingdom or the mysteries of the kingdom, according to Matthew 13, verse 11. These are secrets and mysteries of the kingdom. These are principles. So when I am reading the Bible, I'm looking for secrets and mysteries of the kingdom. According to Matthew 13 verse 11, Jesus said to them, because it is given unto you to know the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom, the word know there, it is given to you to know, the word know there is not only just awareness, it is a level of intimacy. You are saying it is given unto you to have intimacy. To have a relationship with the secrets and mysteries. It's not about awareness of things that is mentally, it's not about awareness of things that comes through education, but it's an intimacy where the Bible says that Abraham knew his wife. 
that knowledge or that relationship between a man and his wife. That's what the Bible was talking about. It is given until you have that intricate intimacy between secrets and mysteries. That's why the revelations are coming to you. So now when I am praying now, I now have got the power to interact with the mysteries. When the Bible says to know is to interact with the mysteries. Come on, somebody shout mysteries. Are you about to interact with the mysteries of God? Okay, what is a mystery? To break a mystery, it is a hidden board of truth that is privy to a group of people. That's mystery. When the Bible is speaking about the mystery, it's not speaking about the matrix. It's not speaking about X-Men. When you say these are mysteries, people that are immutating, mysteries is a body of truth that is privy to a group of people, which means it's not everybody that to understand the mysteries because it is only privy to a group of people. So when I come here and I start to demystify mysteries, I am helping now another group that is the majority group of the kingdom of God that does not have that interaction with the mysteries of God. So when now I open my Bible, what is hidden in the Bible, in the stories in the Bible, what is written, hidden in the stories of the Bible are mysteries and secrets. What is hidden in the parables that are in the uh, Gospels, which are known as Synoptic Gospels, these are mysteries and secrets. What is hidden in the book of Psalms are mysteries and secrets. What is hidden in the book of Moses, any book that was written by Moses, which are Pentateuch, these are secrets and mysteries of God. Come on, somebody shout secrets. And these secrets, they are there to reveal the way or the principles of God. So when I'm reading parables, it's not about the story, but it's a way that's hidden in the parable. When the Bible says a certain man went a far land and he left money to his servants, and stood, they invested money, one did not invest, and he said to the one, do not invest, give me back my money, I'm not going to give you more money. To the two that invested, he said, take that money and the invested money, it's yours. It's a mystery that is hidden in a parable on how God moves. He's teaching us about stewardship. That the kingdom of God is not about ownership, it's about management. Come on, somebody, talk to me. Which means whatever I have is not mine. I'm there to manage my family, my, 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 my house, my property, my prosperity, and the manager. The owner is God. So I'm a steward. My mind, I'm a manager of the mind. My body, I'm a manager of my body. And I, I'm not my body because after the time closes, the gap between time and destiny closes its death, then it's going back to the ground. So I must know that if I've got a voice, it's not mine. I'm a manager, I don't own. If I've got a beauty, I manage my beauty. It's not my beauty. Why? Because I am a manager. Can I talk to somebody in this place? Yes. So when you go to the prophets now, the major and the minor, what is hidden in those books are secrets and mysteries. Am I talking to somebody? When you go to the poetic books, which are the book of songs, what is hidden there is the secrets and the mysteries of God. When you go to other books, historical books, what is hidden in the historical books? These are mysteries and secrets. Am I talking to somebody in this place? So these are secrets that refuse the character and the personality of Jesus Christ. As they are scattered across scriptures. So the character of Jesus did not start in Matthew. It started from Genesis up to the last book of Revelation. It's scattered there. So when I'm reading Revelation, I'm just looking for secrets, for mysteries, 
that reveals the character of Jesus Christ. So these are spiritual protocols used now to review different results. It acts, you can only access dimensions if you've managed now to have revelation of those uh, dimensions. So as a child of God now, when you're reading the Bible, understand that for me to understand the dimension, I must know secrets and mysteries that are there. When the book of Proverbs is written, it's there to review something. It's not only there for preaching, to review the wisdom of God. Come on, somebody shout wisdom of God. Wisdom of God. I don't hear you. Wisdom of God. It's there only to review the wisdom of God as far as living and excelling is concerned. So how do I have wisdom in my life? I must read the book of Proverbs. So I know now that whatever I'm doing in the book of Proverbs, whatever I'm doing in the book of Psalms, these are revelations that are dimensional, scattered. Ah, can I prophesy like a Philip? Yes. What am I looking for when I go to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? I'm looking for the manifestation of Jesus Christ as he reflects the character of God. So Matthew was there to review Jesus Christ. But I, I will tell you that Jesus Christ, when he came, he did not only come to die in as much as he died, but he came as a correction of our perception about God. Before the coming of Jesus, people just knew God as a wind. They knew God historically. They knew God with symbols. They never seen how God can walk, how God can touch, how God... So Jesus now is, is revealed now. The Bible says, I've loved you, that's God, with an everlasting love. So how am I going to capture that dimension? Go to release Jesus. So that I look at the love of Jesus. He went to a well. There was a prostitute sitting on the well. Instead of him pushing the prostitute in the well and saying, you are a prostitute, he loved the prostitute. He prayed for the prostitute. If it was you and me, we're going to push the prostitute in the well and we're going to cover the well. So what is he showing is the love of the Father. That in as much as the city does not love you, God said, I've loved you, so I'm there to exhibit that love. When you see a man sitting on the pool of Bethesda for 38 years, he's only there to show love. Man, what do you want me to do? And said, I, I don't have anyone to push me into the water and say, rise up, go. The love of Father. When I see Bartimaeus sitting at the sideway, he cried and said, Jesus, son of David, you mess on me. And Jesus Christ said, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Rabon, that I may see. And Jesus Christ said, I give you sight. Revealing the love of daddy. Yes. But if Jesus Christ he had not done all these things, we're going now not to believe God. So the only time you can believe what God has said is when Jesus Christ has done it. Am I talking to somebody? Yes. So we are allowed. This is for mature, mature people. I promise you that to be mature. Yeah. We are allowed to refuse what God says unless and until it's exhibited in Jesus. Yeah. If God says you are blessed beyond measure, I'm allowed to say, ah, Papa, for the meantime, I don't believe you. But when now it's exhibited in Jesus, because Jesus is the reflection of what God is talking. So which means Jesus is the echo of God's voice. He's that voice, that boomerang is what God says. Yeah. So if God says you are blessed, I'm allowed not to believe. Yeah. It's for mature people. What God is saying, unless until Jesus comes to my life yeah. and he sees me in my state and he says, Brian, rise up. 
Yes. And then he blesses me, like what he did to all the disciples. These people, they thought they were blessed. But he said, I want to show you the way to blessings. I know that you are capturing fish. I know that you are stealing money, Matthew, from people, taxpayers. I know that uh, you look, you are killing people, but sometimes you prescribe them. Look, was a doctor with the wrong prescription. But I want to take you to the greater physician. So I think now to believe God through Jesus. If God said that I will not leave you nor forsake you, I will not believe until I see his work be accepted. But Jesus, so he came now as a correction to our perception. We perceived God as a God who is far, who cannot be reached. But when Jesus is coming now, he's entering our houses, he's dining and dealing with us until they say that he is a glutton. He eats too much and he drinks with the sinners. But God said, I've loved you even before you were born. So I could not believe God unless until Jesus comes. So when he said that, but God demonstrated his own love towards us, we were still sinners. How am I going to experience and capture that dimension? So Jesus now entered in the house of Zacchaeus. And he said, I know that I'm a sinner, a thief, a robber, a leper, but I'm going to eat with you. Ask your wife to cook for me, we are eating together. What are you doing, Jesus? I want you to shout principles. principles. I want you to shout principles. principles. So why do we fail in life? I want you to put a mark. Why are we failing in life? Our failure is refuted in the book of Psalms 82 verse 5. You read it when you're home. But I'll just paraphrase it. The Bible says they know not and neither do they understand. Then there is the part B of it. Which means the reason why we are failing is because one, we know nothing. And we understand nothing. So this one is a deliverance to somebody because I'm bringing knowledge for you to know. Then I'm bringing you to a place of understanding so that you may not become a failure. After such preachings, if you become a failure, it's up to you. Are we together? If you start to succeed in life, if you start to succeed, people and nature, they will favor you. You will not pray for that favor that you are praying for. Yeah. Uh, am I talking to somebody? Yes. I said, am I talking to somebody? Yes. So God wants me to know things that are hidden in the scripture with exactitude of the spirit, the exactitude of spiritual principles. Everything that is written, I must not have partial knowledge. I must have full knowledge. That's what God wants. That's why he's raising up people like us to give you information that, that you may know. You may not say, ah, I know in party when the Holy Ghost is going to come. He has already come. So he wants you to know with dexterity and with the degree of exactness. Highest degree of exactness. So that when I read the Bible, I now know. When I miss things, I know the reason why I'm missing. When I'm failing now, I know the reason why I'm failing. Yes. yes, we are predicating to demons. Here in my family, there are demons, witches. Ah, I suspect my auntie. Leave your auntie. Yeah. You are failing because you know not. You are failing because you don't have understanding. Leave Tete, auntie alone. Save the money. Valentine is coming. Save the money. Love your auntie. You will fail because you know not. Yeah. Mm, am I talking to somebody? Yes. Leave that witch in your village. 
That one is a failure. That's not a power of a life. You fail because you know not. And you don't have understanding. Come on, somebody shout, I will not fail. I say, I will not fail. Do you know, in this kingdom, as we go to the last one now, the last thing that we look for when we go to scripture, in this kingdom, we operate with the power of mastery in this kingdom. But our mastery in this kingdom is not just relative, but it's absolute. Yes. Am I talking to somebody? Yes. Mastery in this kingdom, the Bible says, he who strives for mastery, according to scripture, he must strive, he's not crowned. He who strives for mastery is not crowned. That's what the Bible says. But he can only be crowned if he strives skillfully. Am I talking to somebody? So which means if you read your Bible, read your Bible, read it, read it, no crown that is going to come to you. Unless and until you master things skillfully, then a crown is going to come to you. If you understand prophecy, just in share, you know, without exactitude, no crown over your life. Until you master it skillfully, the reason why David is entering the house of Saul at a tender age is because of skill, proficiency, and prowess. In this life, life is not going to reward you until you master what you do. There is always mastery. If I go to a university today, then I start to study law. Then after uh, one semester, someone tells me and say that uh, biometric, then engineering is paying more than law. Then I jump to engineering. Then someone tells me that medicine is paying better. I jump to medicine. Within the period of four years that I'm supposed to be in college, yeah. then someone will say, ah, in Canada, yeah. they are hiring boilermakers. Yeah. So what can you do? I jump again, you're not a faculty. Yeah. Then someone will say, ah, Australia is taking people, but they want people that have done marketing. Yeah. Then I jump to marketing. After four years, I'm not going to get a degree. Yeah. What was if I have to master something, I have to master skillfully. Yeah. I have to make sure that I do my law for four years. Yes. Then after four years, there's a check that is put over me. Yeah. What they're acknowledging, they're not acknowledging this one. Yeah. They're acknowledging the power and the gift of mastery. Yeah. That you've mastered your faculty, yes. you've been consistent with your faculty, yeah. you've been, uh, uh, you been uh, uh, a person of property and integrity in your faculty, then we crown you. Yes. I'm yes. So in this kingdom, you don't read Genesis. Then when the Bible is about to say that then and Joseph was put in dungeon, when when is is giving you are enjoying? He was a dream I dream to enjoy. The moment the Bible says he was put in the pit, you jump and say, this I don't want it, that life. Then you go now to where he was crowned a governor. Then you cannot be crowned. There's no mastery. What was made your spiritual revelation is when he was in the pit. Because there is a mystery, why Joseph was put in the pit? Can I just digress a little bit or take a detour? Yes. The reason why Joseph was put in a pit was not only to keep him for the Amalekites. Uh, no. The reason why that pit was already there, it's not the blood of that dead pit. It was already there. Then Judah and Ruben said, No, guys, let's just put him and die there. That was mine. So the reason why God made Judah and Ruben to agree and okay to put Joseph in the pit is because 
of this day, if there was no peace, wages was going to be put. Mind you, the brothers at home, they are keeping Joseph. Keeping, you are a dreamer. Some they are kicking, you are a dreamer. Some they are hating you, you are a dreamer. So the man now is feeling pain. He's about a black on offer. But God had to make to his master a pit. Yeah. So the reason why the pit is there is that God is waiting for the Ishmaelites. But they said, let's tell you, yeah. God is waiting for the Ishmaelites. My new Ishmaelites, they came in the morning. Yeah. But they started to beat him around 4 p.m., 5 p.m., 6 around 7, he's in the pit. So if there was no pit, he was going to be sold to the process. Just imagine the cats that he was going to receive from 4 up to 5 a.m. So this is mastery. Am I talking to somebody? Yes. I said, am I talking to somebody? Yes. So the last one is prophecy. Come on, somebody shout prophecy. I know that you like prophecy, you guys. Shout prophecy. I don't hear you shout prophecy. So why? The reason why we read the scripture, we are looking for promises, principles, and these are three P's. It's easy to remember them. Three P's. We are looking for prophecy. Why prophecy? Prophecies, they give you an idea of your end. So we need to know what tomorrow looks like and the end looks like. That becomes the cure of fear. So why should I know about my tomorrow? Why should I know about my end? Why should I know about what's transpiring in my life? This becomes a cure of fear. It's not only faith that cures fear, but prophecy it cures fear. You're afraid, okay, that I'm not going to get married, I've reached 30. When I come with a prophetic word and I say, I see you around August 3, someone coming into your life, proposing marriage to you, which means you are no longer afraid. You do your things now with mastery. You do your things without anxiety, because you know. When I say to you, you are working where you are working, they are giving you peanuts, but in 2023, around the same time, I see a visa being given to you, but I see it written, America, but there's a company that is going to hire you. But I see your salary is written 15,000 US. It makes you not to be afraid. You now have confidence to meet any situation. Give me your boss. When you speak to your boss, don't speak now looking down. You look at him and say, boss, I'm not a liability here. I am an asset. If you don't treat me nice, you are, we are going to meet in Dubai. We are going to meet in, 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 in Maldives. We are going to meet in Bayetu. And you say, where are you getting the God's prophecy? So prophecy gives God and it cures my fear. If someone comes to me and says, the reason why things are not happening in your life is because in your past years, there is an old man who went to a certain country that is in, in, in Benin. When he was in Benin, he passed through Dubai and he went to Dakar. When he went to Dakar, I saw him now bearing a smell under a certain shrine, then in Dakar, and you took a flight back to country. That's why your life is not moving, it's moving at a small place. You are no longer afraid, what's your knowledge? Then when you leave this place, you say, any spirit and altar, raised in Dakar, Dwala, I bet I scatter. Then when you approach now that uncle, that Malume, that old, 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 uh, great-head, uh, great-father, you are not afraid of him. You look at him in the face and say, uh, 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 but I know what he did to me, but it's not going to work. And so you don't know, you don't know. And you say, my pastor, you have told me that you went to Dallas. Hey, how 
How did you know? No, now I'm not afraid of you. Your secrets are revealed. Can I prophesy like I feel it? Yes. I don't have people here. Yes. So people only fear when it's not known. <laughs> when it's known, I'm not afraid. Yes. Right now, if you come to me and you prophesy to me and say, Prof, I see you 2024, here in South Africa becoming a counselor. I made this day in Tambote. Yeah. That old dilapidated flight. Yeah. I'm no longer afraid. Yeah. I'm waiting now for three years from today. Yes. But when it's not known, I'm afraid. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. Right now, if you are told by Aaron Moshe lady that your ZSP has expired, yeah. we are giving you grace spirit. When I come and prophesy, and I, I say, I see a PR coming to you, you are no longer afraid. When they speak news, yeah. you are jubilating. When it's not known, fear. Come and shout, I will not be afraid. So the scriptures have already told us about the ending. We are not afraid. We know that the scriptures said there shall be rumors of war. Yeah. There shall be plagues and diseases that are uncurable. Yeah. Now, because I know, I'm not afraid of corona. Yeah. While other people are shivering, they are shaking. I'm not afraid because prophetically, it was already spoken. So if corona did not come, which is uncurable, we are going to say, God is alive. But we saw things, we had rumors. Right now in Mali, there's a coup d'etat. You go to, 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 to Asia, Today, Orient Church in Asia, they are shooting it at the end of okay. They are bombing each other in Afghanistan. Today, you can't just go to Afghanistan. Yeah. Well, everywhere you step in Afghanistan, it's a landmine. It will blow you. But scripturally, this is written. Yes. So when we see HIV coming, which does not have a cure, when we see corona coming, we know that it, it was already spoken. Because the Bible says now to me, that above all these things, I can more than a poker, I want to say it. They may come to me, I want to fly, I want to go somewhere, then they do their PCR, then they say you're positive. I'll say yes, I'm positive, but it won't take me. Yeah. Why? Because it's prophesied that I'm more than a conqueror. Yeah. Uh, I prophesy. No good fashion against you, that shall prosper. The word fashion there, it means to construct with precision. Yeah. Which means when the devil is constructing a weapon, it does not just construct a weapon. Yeah. First, he starts you, that weight from He starts your weakness and your strength. Yeah. Then you build an arsenal or a weapon based on your weaknesses. Based on your strength, that's how you manufacture. So when you say, what will you like this, that shall prosper? It's not only an arrow. You will start your weakness and say you are weak there. Then you start your strength. So when you run, where your strength is, the weapon is there again. But now, because in the Bible, the prophets say, above all these things, we are more than conquerors. That devil cannot conquer me. As a child of God, I know that I'm going to finish well. I may have started lowly. But based on scripture, I'm going to finish well. Come on, somebody shout, I'm going to finish well. So I now have confidence based on the book of Jeremiah. When God says that I know the plans and the thoughts that I have towards your life. Source of peace. To give you a future and an expected life. Not of evil, not to destroy you. So I'm not afraid, Sister Emma, when people say that there is going to be a fifth world. It's going to be more dangerous, more uh, in the uh, felony. Yeah. It is going to be more demonic. It is going to be more, more, more satanic than the Omicron. I'm not afraid. Why? Because I know that thoughts of God over my life. They are prophesying like a feet. When people say that 
2022, rank is going down, my life is going up. Why? Because it was prophesied about my life. That's why the Bible says, when they say there's a casting down, they shall say, Ah, can I prophesy like a fool? So everything now that is a breaking news in our time is no longer breaking news to me. Why? Because it was prophesied. When COVID-19 came, they said it's a breaking news. WHO, IMF, they said it's a breaking news. But according to scripture, according to prophecy, it's never a breaking news. I know that it was prophesied that people are going to fight each other. When I see a president that does not want to leave power in Uganda in Zimbabwe, it's not a breaking news to me because it was prophesied that when they are going to the people that are evil, and when the evil are in power, the righteous are going to suffer. It was prophesied. But God say unto me about all I'm more than a Can I prophesy? Let us feel this blessing. That's why I told you that you are not what people say that are. But you are what people to say that are. I feel a push this afternoon. When I took it to somebody in this blessing, you are not going to die poor, dejected, rejected. Why? Because you are more than a conqueror. Can I prophesy like a fool? So I know that in the scripture, I got my confidence, I got my provision. Can I talk to somebody in this place? Your future, your life, your destiny is secured in the scripture. According to Revelation, the Bible tells me that the earth shall pass, everything shall pass, and a new Jerusalem shall come back. But the Bible says in that Jerusalem, Christ is going to be my life, come on, a short life. I don't hear you. So I know that even if they say that Corona is going to make the earth to perish, it was written and prophesied that I saw a new Jerusalem coming down, and I saw an old Jerusalem disappearing, and in that new Jerusalem I saw people jubilating, I saw them walking, standing on the gold. Can I prophesy with a Thank <laughs> you. 
Say, is that right? All the promises spoken over my life through scripture, through the principles of God. And I pray, let it be done. Let it be done. Say, I make a commitment. My life will reveal the person of Jesus Christ and the glory of Jesus. Say, I declare today, my work, my business will reveal the person of Jesus and the character of Jesus. My marriage, my relationship will reveal the person of Jesus and the character of Jesus as well as the glory of Jesus. Put your hands together and start to pray for the glory of God in my life. My mother has so. Jandonda yama has so. Kalida mahotia. Jumanda kababa so. Kakabari ata. Put your hands together. I told you. Jandonda yama has so. Kalida mahotia. Jesus We thank you, O oh God. We bless you this afternoon. Lift up your right hand of power. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. We glorify